reckon. <laughs> what I reckon. <laughs> Welcome to the Dunn Podcast. Proudly brought to you by Doppio or Nothing Espresso. Weekly sessions garnered from the epic adventures of the Doppio or Nothing crew. Throwing a spotlight on some of the characters that inspire us. A diverse array of talented individuals, sporting legends, artists, brewers, foodies, entrepreneurs, and just some damn good people, all invited to share their stories. Thanks for tuning in. Um, Okay, uh, we've got Strawny, Mark Strawn from uh, 2MC Radio here in uh, Doppio or Nothing Studios or Dunn Studios here. Basically, Strawny's been an iconic radio announcer. Would you say announcer or DJ? I don't know what, the, whatever. Um, in Port Macquarie for as long as I can remember. And um, basically, what we want to do is just have a chat to Strawny about what makes him tick. Um, and basically, what got you into uh, radio and Port Macquarie? Yeah, thanks, Joey. Thanks for uh, the invitation. Uh, gee, everyone's got a story to tell, you know, and, and it's great that we do stuff like this um, because normally these stories you hear, and this is my job to do what you're doing now, is uh, is when people have passed away, you know, and you're amazed by this, uh, what everybody's done. Everyone's got a story to tell. So for what it's worth, here's my two bobs worth. Um, born in Sydney, uh, in Balmain. And uh, was there till 1971. My dad got a change of job. We ended up at Warragamba Dam. Went to school there. Uh, high school at Emu Plains. Uh, left school when I was 15. And uh, my son used to rub it in my face all the time. I'd be trying to get him to finish off high school. But dad, you left you on 15. Um, from there, worked at the waterboard in Sydney for a few years and had a great time. I still don't know what I did there. But man, it was really good. But then I sort of th- got to thinking, there's got to be more to life than this. And uh, I was really lucky. My parents went guarantor for a big loan for me. And at 18, uh, I uh, I bought a milk run that was a pretty pretty big one. And it was at a stage in Sydney where a lot of the market gardeners were selling out, and there'd be a hundred houses go up here, a couple of hundred here. And after six and a half years of that. Um, always had a passion for radio, but never had the um, never had the confidence to give it a go. And I thought after that time, gee, I've, I've you know written my own paycheck for for six years now, and got rid of a big debt and had the business going well. I'll give it a go. And I uh, went to Max Rowley's um, radio school, applied for afters, the really flash one. That's the one everyone wants to get in. Never made it, right? <laughs> never made it. Had to pay and go to Redfern once a week on a Tuesday night to Max's in Chalmers Street. And um, did that, got it to a stage where Max thought I was uh, ready to go and do a tour, which watch, which is what you did back in those days in the mid to late 80s. So you'd get a, a demonstration tape ready, you'd post it out to every radio station you could find, and then about a month after that you'd get in your car and drive around and, and meet these people. And uh, while I was doing that, I'd sold the milk run so I had a bit more time and bought a, a fruit shop. I was con the fruiterer for a couple of years. <laughs> Absolutely loved it. And I've got to say, Flemington Markets, it is one of the funniest days out still. It is hilarious. So I uh, did that for a couple of years, got my tape up, and got my first job in, in Goulburn in uh, the 18th of December 1987. And uh, was there for about 18 months. And like all my life, uh, particularly when I went to work in the city at 15 and got to... St- 
go surfing, you know, and I've loved the beach since holidays in when I lived in Sydney. Uh, always wanted to live near the sea. My parents had moved up here. My wife's parents had moved up here. And I thought, imagine if I could jag a job at 2MC. And I got it. And, uh, yeah, that was in 89. And I've been here ever since. And uh, I started out as a production uh, manager and doing a couple of hours in the afternoon. And I was so lucky. The people that owned the station had radio pedigree like you wouldn't believe, like uh, Graham Greenwood and Trish Richards. Uh, Graham built Today FM and then managed it for Lawsy and Willisey. And uh, Trish Richards, who you would know through Neil Perry, is Neil Perry's cousin. Trish was uh, Rod Muir's um, financial brain for everything at Digame in both at 2SM and then through set up the whole Triple M network. Anyway, while I was here, people would leave and every time someone left, I'd get another job and I ended up like after about 18 months on breakfast. So last year, and this is, I love telling this stat, I was 54. I've been here for 27 years. So if you worked it out, I have been getting up at three o'clock in the morning for half my <laughs> life, sitting in a little room talking to myself. <laughs> oh, that, that, that's a classic because um, we, that's, that leads us into our next question because uh, when I hear your voice, it sounds like you're always smiling. Uh, when I was growing up and um, when you're always talking on the phone, you're told to you know, talk like you're smiling, like you do it and you, you hear you on the phone and you just, you, you've got that uh, passion and the, the happiness in your voice. What's your daily routine to main that, maintain those 3 a.m. starts? Yeah, look, I, I still think I'm the luckiest guy in the world, and uh, my expression is, I've, I've really, I'm going to be 55 in, in January. I've really got to get a real job one day, you know. <laughs> but uh, you look at it, I, I every day, I love this area so much, and I love this lifestyle. And you know, uh, there is bigger money to be made, you know, uh, around the place in, in other areas. But it's a lifestyle here, you know. I get up at three, I'm in there at four, on the air at five. And then at nine o'clock, I'm finished the airship. It's funny, just like when I had the milk run, everyone thinks you only do their street. Think, oh, mate, you finished at nine, you know, like <laughs> how I wish. But the great part about it is living here and you tell people in Sydney, mate, we've got four sets of traffic lights. How long does it take you to get, you go to the beach at nine o'clock, which is my lunchtime? Yeah. How long does it take you? Oh, about three and a half minutes. <laughs> they they can't believe it. <laughs> Don't pay for parking. And at that time, either I'll go for a surf or if the surf's no good, I'll go and have a, a paddle up the river or uh, swim at the pool um, and uh, yeah, go back to work probably between 10 and 10.30, probably work till uh, 12.31. But if there's extra work there, you stay there uh, because, mate, it's a, it's a great leveller because if the surf's real good, I could stay a, bit, a little bit longer. Yeah. The boss always knows I will get the work done. But, you know, it's that type of give and take, you know. So I do that um, five days a week. The sixth day I do, if I've got an outside broadcast, maybe longer because you might be near the studios in Port, oh, I might have to do a show in Nambucca. And if that's the case, you know, it's another five o'clock get up. You've got to pack, you know, the glamour part, packing yeah, the yeah. gear, getting up there, doing the show, unpacking it, coming back. Yeah. Um, I've been a writer for How Green Was My Cactus, the political comedy for 22 years. So I'm doing that. And up to last year, I was doing television one day a week as well. But, but it's all stuff that's sort of interrelated, yeah. you know, and the, the longevity of the political comedy is because the scene changes all the time, you know, and the television, they, they had me doing the surfing and the fishing and, you know, community news and all that just all works into one. And as I say, every day I get up, I go, you beauty. Yeah, that's, um, I forgot you actually wrote for How Green Is My Cactus. Um, I, I knew it, but uh, yeah, forgot it. But um, 
Three jobs, yeah. But uh, that's like us. Like we, uh, at uh, or nothing. Like we don't go to work. It's uh, it's we wake up and we drive Pacific Drive every day. That's my go-to. Even if I've got to go to the industrial area and I live at Flins Beach, I still go Pacific Drive and probably through town because I can. Um, and that's and that basically is, you know, that's our life and that's what we do. And you know, we, you know, you don't need a million bucks. We've got it here, um, which basically, like, you talk all day. You talk all day. I'm going, what do you do in your downtime? What's your, do you just lock yourself, well, you lock yourself in a room every day for work, so it's probably the last thing you're going to do. Uh, well, again, just because of this great area, you know, there's so many things that I, I do do. do. Um, um, I, love, I love surfing, uh, all types of surfing too. I'm not just, you know... The old days with the board riders are blue with this, you know, with the bodyboarders. Look, it depends what the surf's like. I just love, just love the ocean. Um, I've been a patrolling member of the surf club and a lifeguard for 26 years. Um, still row the surf boats competitively, competitively in the Masters division. And um, it's just about, as you say, just, just this lifestyle. Um, I'm a, a, a guitar tragic. I've played in bands since I was about 13. And been lucky enough when my son was growing up here because of those hours I worked, I could pick him up from school every day and we go surfing every day. It was it was just you know, and that's the type of thing you just can't that experience you can't buy. So enjoy so surfing music. I love uh, love reading, uh, love reading uh, biographies and travel stories, that type of stuff. And um, I, it's funny I talk about travel because I do I do a lot of travel, but the more I travel, the more I know how wonderful this place is. And I have a saying I tell the young ones at work and, you know, they're telling me about they're going to go and get a new car. Like your old man, if he was still in the other job, he'd be <laughs> shooting me now. But I've got this great saying of, of uh, trying and enforce onto them or just, you know, try and guide them. I say, I have crap cars and great holidays. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> because you can stay here anyway. But, uh, yeah, so uh, that's that's the way I deal with it. I'm probably in bed by um, between half past eight and nine o'clock. As long as I get six hours, if I can get six hours, I'm right. Uh, that's unreal. So, um, why, why do you think the Port Macquarie spirit is so strong? Like, we have got some amazing people in this area from, you know, sportsmen to artists to, you know, hospitality guys. Um, like, just everything. There's this spirit. And I don't know, I can't put my finger on it, but we continually talk about it that, you know, everyone's got each other's back. What do you think it is? Oh, I don't know. I reckon it's pretty much the same everywhere you go. You know, like obviously there are places that um, you probably would prefer not to live, but you just got to make the best of of where you are all the time. And, and there are, you know, there are great people everywhere. You know, I, I don't think we're any different. I just think that there's a lot of us here that, um, as you say, know how good this place is. And <laughs> geez, I tell you what. But having said that, I think there's a lot of it. I don't know. Uh, specifically about your situation, but, you know, my young bloke grew up here, but he had to move away to appreciate it. Yep. Do you know what I mean? I wasn't born here, came here, and now I'd never want to go. But I, I think it's good for people for, for their um, for their whole, you know, rounding of who they are, that they do move away, because I know my young bloke now, he just goes, oh, Dad, how good is this place? But it, he needed to go away. Yeah, we travelled for a long time too, my brother and I, and um, like it's just... It's like you have to leave it. Like we we do a lot of K's for work and 
you still drive into Port Macquarie and you just go, oh, home, how good's this? You know, it's, it's, it's great. So uh, who's your role model, if one, and why? Or you might have a couple. Jeez, oh, I don't know. Um, I think I, I did admire m- m- my dad, who I lost in 1990. He was always a very compassionate type of guy. I never really saw him fly off the handle. And um, I remember when he passed it that um, people that I respected, you know, told me, um, you know, that they couldn't believe that how um, how passive he was to, like, you know, even people that weren't the really the nicest people. He'd give them a couple of chances. They, they didn't have endless chances. But um, he taught me a lot about uh, compassion, I think. And I had a, a great uncle uh, who, when I lost my dad, uh, said to me there's worse things in the world than dying and I sort of couldn't you can't sort of comprehend that at the time but I think with Andrew Denton here not long ago and I've lost a couple of friends as we all have they've taken a long time very cruelly to die and um, that is a really really true statement and the other part that uh, I remember talking to um, uh, a great mate of mine who's not here anymore either but the, at a truism of um, if you want to feel good don't we all feel up, like have our down times during our life but if you want to feel good go out and do something for someone else you know so and th- I think that's the truest one y- you can ever have uh, because we all ride that roller coaster but that's a that's a really quick way to get out of it so I suppose yeah my dad um, and I think being able to, uh, when you do read a lot of autobiographies and all that, and people you did look up to, everybody has got black stages in their life. No one is a superstar straight away. Like, it took me 30 years to be an overnight success, is the great expression, you know. Everyone's done some stupid things, things they're ashamed of. You just got to get on, look forward, and, and keep going. No, awesome. That's, uh, yeah, that's great. Which basically takes us to, uh, if you had a million dollars... Where would you go? Um, and uh, if you, what, what's your favourite place in the world? And if uh, if I was on death row, I'd know that uh, I know what I'd have to eat and drink as my last meal. What would you do? Uh, that's that's an interesting one. So I've been to some really great places, and uh, look, I, I don't think much had changed for me. Like everyone goes, oh, "What are you doing? You retire?" Like oh, I really just still love going to work. But I think being able to have um, have uh, the uh, a few quid to to be able to give yourself the choices. As I said, I love to travel. I love the last every sort of couple of years. I've been lucky enough to go to Europe for for uh, for uh, a holiday, and I do. I really do love uh, Europe. Um, you know, Spain, Italy, France, um, Portugal. There's so many great places in the world. I do like, and I love that experience. I think particularly for young people, if they can do it at an early age that it, it rounds them off a, a lot better. But, um, yeah, no, I'd probably just still stay here for uh, 10 months of the year and then spend two months in Europe every year. That's probably what I do to do with the money. And as far as the, the meal goes, look, I'm a, I'm, I do really, like, if it wasn't, if, if I couldn't run and swim, I would be about 1,000 kilos. <laughs> I love beer. I love cooking. That's one of my other passions. Um Gee, I'd have to. What's your go-to? Oh, geez, you know, like again, because we live in this great country, like sort of the ones I'm good at. I'm pretty good at um, Thai food, uh, Sang Chow Bao, you know. 
um, Mexican, uh, you know, Spanish make a good paella, and I think that's what we are. We're this great mix, aren't we? So, and a really, really good sangria to go with it. There you go. <laughs> and a creme brulee. Oh man. I I do like it. I do like it. And panna cotta, a good panna cotta. You got to be able to flick it and just watch it wobble. We could take that so much further, couldn't we? Because <laughs> <laughs> this is our... Bl- <laughs> a bit more than the flick. Anyway, um, and uh, I was going to say, what do we find in your fridge? But you've basically told us. Yeah, uh, yeah it's funny. Like when I can remember years ago, um, when you're little, going shopping with your mum and dad, you used to do these massive weekly shops. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think it... Uh, just things have changed now. I don't know if I'm just different, but you just sort of shop for the day, you know? You really do. I'm like, what are we going to do today? Because a lot of the times you end up throwing stuff out anyway, and the produce here is just so good, and the resurgence of the farmer's markets and stuff, and you can talk to the guy who, who grew it or the lady who grew it. It's just um, it's just great. You always find plenty of beer yeah. in my, in my, my fridge. Uh, uh, Reshers. Only Reshers refreshes. Yeah, um, plenty of bock and churny cheese always because I love making my own pasta dough and stuff and pizza dough and stuff like that. Um, what else will you always find there? Oh, gee, tell you what, always a few tortillas in the freezer that you can just wrap the leftovers in, yep. stuff like that, and lots of hot chili sauces and stuff like that. Okay, we're nearly down to our last uh, questions. Um, how do we rate as interviewers? And have you got any red-hot tips for us? Because uh, this is our third um, our third, third entry on our blog. So, uh, yeah, have you got any red-hot tips for us? Uh, probably not. I, I think the, the best tip I can give you is be you and ask the questions you would ask. And um, the rest will just take care of itself. Awesome. Um, and I hear you're a decaf soy latte drinker. Um, I don't know. Is that true? Absolute crap. I'll tell you what. You know, I love I love my coffee. Look, see, although I'm clean. Look at my arm. I'm, cl- I'm clean from sugar for six years. Yeah, clean for sugar for under six years. But uh, no, I just I just love just coffee, just a flat white. Actually, it was one of my favorite blues artists of all time. is a guy called Ked Moe, and he does this song about just give me a cup of coffee and let me get the hell out of here. He walks into this joint. There's wallpapers of what type of coffees you can get. Mate, I just want a coffee and get me out of here. <laughs> But it is, it's just, it's the, um, I think the whole part about, which has really changed in the last 20 years in all of Australia, but not only Port, it's the whole experience of uh, if you're in the, if you're in an office or you're on a work site, you get away from it. You form a relationship with, uh, with your barista. You like to just get out of the environment you're in. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it's therapeutic to go and have that coffee. I try to keep it to two a day, otherwise I start to stutter. Yeah, none after lunch. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. Which I found amazing, like when you learn when you when you do a bit of travelling. If you order, try to order a cappuccino after midday, they look at you like you've got two heads. They go, no, no. I know it's uh, that's, I know it's yeah. Italy's uh, special short blacks all the way, short blacks all the way. But Strawny, thank you very much for your time. We know you're busy and coming into the busy time of year. But uh, yeah, this has um, been a lot of fun for us. This is completely new, but we are having a ball. Um, and yeah, welcome to Dunn Studios and uh, we'll shout your brew soon. Thanks very much, guys. Doing a great job. Thanks.